Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do another TV season review. This is going to be for the first season of Robert Kirkman's Invincible series adapted onto Amazon Prime. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, so yeah, following on from, I suppose, his other previous thing, The Walking Dead, which we also covered here on uh, Entertainment Talk, uh, Robert Kirkman had another one of his uh, comic books adapted to a TV show uh, in the form of Invincible on Amazon Prime. Uh, we've both seen the first season, the eight episodes. It has been renewed for a second and a third season. We found that out. Uh, it was yesterday on the day of the finale, wasn't it, that we, that yeah. we found that out? So day before, uh, actually, I think, yeah. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was this funny little video of Robert Kirkman and uh, Stephen Young talking, and uh, I, I did you did you see that? They sort of had. A I little... didn't see the video. No, okay. it was it was quite fun. So uh, go and you can go and find that if you want to. Uh, what did you think of uh, spoiler free? What did you think of uh, the first season of Invincible? Um, I bear in mind I don't know the comic books at all. I hadn't read any me, of me the neither. comic books. Yeah. Um, I, I I have actually literally just before we came on this. I've just ordered the first five of the uh, trade paperbacks. Okay. So, um, I, you know, because I do want to read the rest of it, which should tell you something about my thoughts on the, on the show, really. Um, I, I think this is, is one of the best superhero adaptations I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Um, it just really well put together. I can see why they did it in animation, because I, I, I honestly can't see how you do this as um a live action show without having a very 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 big budget so i think um the fact that they've done it as a as a you know animated series i think works well it's a a really interesting and sort of different story because on paper it it seems a bit generic you know normal teenager uh, gains powers his dad's a superhero you know that sort of thing so you you kind of think, yeah, that sounds a little bit generic. And then it takes this interesting kind of twist, particularly at the end of the first episode, um, and becomes this whole other thing. And it's it's just it's really well cast. It's uh, the the animation is great. Um, the voice acting superb. Uh, it, it's a very different kind of story it's very much an adult animation i mean the amount of gore in the show is quite spectacular uh but it it serves a purpose i think you know it's not just there for being gory it's there for you know to to emphasize points in quite a lot of lot of places um i i just think they did an amazing job with it and uh, i'm so happy it's been renewed for uh, the second and third season because i was talking to uh Daryl on Geek Town a few weeks ago and he was saying that apparently it's it's not been quite as large an audience as maybe Amazon expected he'd been reading and uh, uh, seems like whether that was true or not I don't know but I mean they've picked it up for two more seasons so they seem to definitely have some faith in it which is good plus I think they want to keep working with Robert Kirkman so yeah yeah they did just sign a big well not just now it was a couple of years ago actually yeah signed that big deal with him so uh yeah you'd, you'd like to keep him around obviously so uh i really really liked it as well uh if we're doing our ratings thing i'm gonna give it a must see i think you do probably yeah. agree with that as well must Absolutely. see for the appropriate audience of course you don't want yes. young people to be watching this uh but um 
yeah, to me, it's another successful adaption of uh, one of Robert Kirkman's works. Now, you can obviously, you know, make certain points against uh, certain seasons of The Walking Dead, but uh, he's kind of no longer really involved in that, so that's not really Robert's yeah. th- uh, fault, per se, but uh, he's all in on board on uh, on this one, uh, involved in everything, obviously created it and, and wrote it and that sort of thing. Um I, I was noticing some very interesting kind of parallels and similar sort of not similar in like a bad way, but similar in terms of using some of uh, Robert using some of his similar uh, storytelling traits, but obviously switching it to a different genre. Like this isn't zombies or or whatever, uh, you know, it's a- animated superheroes and that kind of thing. But uh, certainly in terms of risk taking, you could say that Robert Kirkman does that with with a lot of his stories. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that is especially with because uh, I used to read his uh, the letter hacks thing that went out in the uh, the, right, the yeah. monthly issues, which was when people write into the, to the comics, and uh, he responds to them. His kind of just his bold method of storytelling that does often pay off. I think pays off here as well. Um, yeah, it's incredibly gory, but I, th- I I don't think it just does that for the sake of it. I think it has uh, a lot of valid reasons for, for doing those sorts of things. Uh, yeah, the, I, I'd agree with you as well. The story to start out with seems kind of a little bit simple and sort of, okay, you know, dad's got, you know, powers, so has his son, and he's trying to mentor him, basically. That's, that's sort of the very, very early stages of things, and seems a bit... Uh, a little bit basic on that front but obviously once you go through certain parts of the story you kind of realize there's some much bigger things at play uh and other characters that kind of come into things as well um but no i thought it was was absolutely fantastic uh, i mean i'm gonna um i'm gonna do as, as as quickly as i can but i'm gonna go through the the cast list uh and see how many uh names we kind of recognize i'm not i'm not gonna go one by one and discuss each of them i'm just gonna just gonna read them out so, uh, so for obviously the main three, you got J.K. Simmons, Sandra O, oh, Stephen Young. You got uh, Zazie Beetz, Gray Griffin, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, Walton Goggins, Gillian Jacobs, Andrew Ran- Rannells, uh Chris. I don't know how you'd say his his surname. Uh, 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 oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, Diamantopopolis, I think yeah. is. Yeah, I, 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 I recognise his face, but yeah, he, he's in it as well. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Crinto, Jason Manzoukas, uh, Carrie Payton, someone called Melise, uh, Clancy Brown, Mark Hamill, Ross Marquand, Fred Talascori, uh Max Burkholder, Herschel Ali, John Hamm, Seth Rogen, uh, Gary uh, Anthony Williams, Nicole Bayer, Lauren Cohan, um, Chadel Coleman... Zara Fazel, uh, Michael Cudlitz, Jeffrey Donovan, Jonathan Groff, Michael Dawn, um, Dijimon, Dijimon, I think it's Dijimon Houston, yeah, yeah, uh, Ezra Miller, Lenny James, Sonequa Martin Green, Justin Roiland, uh, Sean Patrick Thomas, Reginald Johnson, Bell Johnson, yes, uh, I think. May Whitman and Nikki Breyer. So quite a few big names in there. Um, some of you might notice as well, whether some of you watch Walking Dead or not, I'm not particularly sure. Uh, he's pulled a lot of his uh, Walking Dead cast with him in this, especially, you know, the, the main character himself, Stephen Young, uh, was on uh, Walking Dead. And uh, he pulled a bunch of those people with him as well, yeah. which I thought was really, really cool. Um, 
But no, overall, I think this is a fantastic show. I'm looking forward to seeing where the second and third seasons go. Obviously, you've got to do the second one first. Um, but yeah, there's not there's a lot of things I do want to talk about, but I have to leave them for kind of the spoiler section. Obviously, some some of the big sort of things uh, in yeah. the show as well. Um, but no, it's animated incredibly well. Voice acting is, you know, off the charts. I mean, you've got some of the most talented people in the industry here. So yeah. Um, how did you feel about... What one concern I had sort of mid-season and then that kind of went away is there was a lot of characters in the show, but some of them are kind of throwaway slightly, which is, again, something that Kirkman likes to do arguably a lot more in the Walking Dead comic than in the show. Mm. Uh, have sort of have quite a lot of characters at certain points in his stories, but then sort of not necessarily kill a bunch of them off but they're sort of they're there they kind of serve a small purpose and you kind of you can still recognize who the bigger characters are um how did you kind of feel about i suppose the amount of characters at certain points and how that was kind of handled um i i i never really felt overloaded with mm-hmm. the characters i thought they yeah there is a very distinct core team or yeah. or rather two a couple of kind of very distinct core kind of groups because you've got um the grayson family themselves and the various guardians of the globe uh which you can't really talk about too much without getting into spoilers but um yeah so you've got sort of those guys and the defense agency and then there's the various villains as well and i mean i i don't think they overloaded that too much um they do introduce quite a lot of characters, but I think they do it in a in a clever enough way that you don't feel like you're being bombarded. Uh, and, and that was a bit of a concern when you first see the cast list. You think, oh, my God, there is a lot of characters in this. Yeah. But um, they, they resolve that fairly quickly. So, um, you, yeah, you, you don't actually feel that overloaded. And then, yes, there are, what, about 10, 8, 10 villains, 8 villains in the show. Um but they're almost a sort of villain of the week. So that's fine as well. You know, I mean, occasionally you'll have a couple on at the same time, but most of the time it's, it's you know, one or two people that maybe that they're fighting. So there isn't like a huge, huge amount of villains. Um, you know, you're not overloaded with like, you know, introducing 20 new characters every week. They introduce mm-hmm. quite a lot of different people, but um, you can, you know, there's there's the people in the in his school life. There's the people that the, the in the superhero life. There's the villains. There's the the various councils. But they all fit reasonably well, so you're not losing track too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, you, you kind of are. You do get established as to okay, these particular characters are sort of the villains at the moment. These are kind of the more main villains, and I, I noticed some points in this story as well. Um, you'd get like a villain who is trying to do something, and it would cut away from them. It would leave them alone for a little bit to tell, to kind of tell you like, okay, what they're doing. And I, I will use a particular example in the, in the spoiler section um, to kind of tell you, okay, this character, the, these characters, these maybe sets of villains or whatever, are doing something. What they're doing you don't need to see on screen, so we'll cut away from them, show the more important stuff, you know, the main characters and that sort of thing, and then go back to them maybe a couple of episodes later, and then you can kind of be reminded of, okay, you remember what they were doing, because they kind of remind you as soon as you go back to those scenes, 
and then you just continue that story but then you do get a sense of the thing that they've been trying to do enough time has passed to where certain progress would have been made but you don't need to have kept an eye on those particular characters at that point um i'll I'll explain who i'm talking about in this spoiler section but uh i i thought that was a pretty good way to do it as well because the difference between now i'm going to use titans as a little bit of example titans is a show where it kind of wants you to keep track of everybody and think that everybody's important and that everybody's almost a main character and is a huge problem for the show whereas a show like this will introduce you to a dozen or so characters it will at certain points maybe feel like too much but then you'll realize within not too much length of time who's more important to the story and who isn't and who you could kind of like okay see them later at some point they don't quite matter so much and then just and then still maintain the character development still maintain the focus and uh, I felt that really helped the show quite a lot as well um instead of thinking like okay who voices who and who who's important and who's doing what it's like okay you only need to care about these people but these other people are involved as well but you don't need to like keep an eye on them uh so so to speak kind of thing Mm. um this has obviously got this has got a lot of parallels with you know superman stories justice league stories um as well as uh things like the boys as well obviously the boys the the live action uh comic book adaption also on amazon as well uh just a couple of questions i have to sort of compare to the boys I'll, i'll ask you two questions do you think which which of the two shows do you think is more violent, this or the boys, and which show do you think is better? Ooh, um, I actually think I actually think Invincible is probably more violent, yeah, but it gets away with it because of the fact it's in animation. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, because the boys is pretty violent. I mean, you should bear in mind, of course, the exact producers on both shows are uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. So, you know, it, it's very much their sensibilities. I mean, same with Preacher, which had some pretty gory moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I think, I actually do think Invincible is possibly a little bit more violent than, than the boys. Um, but it, you know it's animated so it can sort of get away with with more um as to which is better i that's very difficult um i i don't know i would i mean i enjoy both of them a lot i mm-hmm. would um and the boys has had two seasons certainly i think if you were comparing first seasons of both shows i would say they're pretty level um uh I I don't think one edges it for me particularly. I think both are really good, solid adaptations. Um, I, yeah, I I would really struggle to pick which one out of the two. Hmm. Yeah, I think Invincible's probably more violent. Um, and, and again, like you said, you can kind of do more with that in animated form as opposed to live action. Obviously, that's much more difficult to do. Um, it felt like when Invincible was at its kind of most violent, there was either a lot of characters getting kind of really smacked about and there was blood everywhere and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as opposed to The Boys, which maybe has more kind of isolated somewhat incidents, yeah. I suppose. Um, there's also certain points in The Boys as well where something violent will kind of happen the camera will not in a cheap way it will kind of cut away and then come back and the violence is implied 
Um, yeah. But again, I think it's just easier to do the the extreme kind of violence uh, in in the animated form. So, um, I think Invincible was possibly better uh, in its in its first season, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you really pushed me, maybe I would probably say Invincible, but I, honestly, that could just be because that's the thing that I've watched most recently. Mm. Um, I, so I, I I think they're incredibly close in terms of if you like those sort of superhero, um, you know, using hero in quotes in both cases in some right, ways. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, the if you like those sort of superhero shows, um, yeah, I... I think both are, are extremely well worth watching. I, I oh yeah, you know, yeah. I probably yes, I would probably agree. Invincible right now, but then if the next season of the boy com- boys comes out and that's great, um, I, I might flip back to the boys. It's it's very very close to me, for me. So mm-hmm. I do. I think there's just maybe a couple of little problems the boys has got that I don't think Invincible's necessarily got. Mm. Um so but they're they're both they're both great shows and hey if if we're kind of debating as to which one of them is better amazon's the one that's winning so (laughs) because they've got both shows so which is which is great for them you know if people are going to be debating which show is better um amazon's just sitting there be like hey if you just watch both of them we'll be we'll be we'll be happy so uh what was the other question i was going to ask um yeah, I, I think that that was pretty much it. So, uh, there's some things we need to get into. We need to talk about a few shocking things as well, certainly. Uh, so we need to get into the spoiler section because I don't think there's anything else to talk about in the spoiler-free one. Um, so we're going to do a bit of housekeeping. Don't leave just yet. We're going to do a bit of housekeeping, and then we'll jump into the spoilers. I'll let you know exactly when we're going to do that, but I'll see you for all that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or 
film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, let me just scroll down. Uh, So in the Europa League on Thursday, Man United beat Roma by 6 goals to 2. It was quite a thrilling match. Uh, Again, hopefully we can just skip the first half of games because that's where we tend not to play very well. Uh, But then we tend to come out in the second half and, well, score a bunch of goals, as as you can see. Uh, Some really, really good ones as well. Uh, If you're curious, obviously you can look on YouTube and watch highlights and things or or whatever. Uh, But it gives us a huge advantage for the second leg uh, because Roma have to beat us by 4 goals to nil on Thursday next week. And it can happen. It could. But it's not quite likely. But then you never know what might happen in the world of football. So uh, so look out for that. And Man United also play against Liverpool tomorrow as well. So look out for that one. Uh, did a little cut out a little segment from our Breaking Bad podcast. Which was us discussing the future of AMC. Uh, a listener asked us a question about what, what we think is going to kind of happen over there. Given the shows that they have and haven't got. Or the ones that they're losing as well. Uh, there's no spoilers in that particular section for anything really. It's just us discussing uh, AMC shows and uh, what they have and haven't got. And that kind of thing. So you can check that out if you want to. Speaking of that Breaking Bad podcast. Uh, season 2 episode 3 is the newest one that we've got. Um, and we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about episode 4 so look out for all that that's the Becoming Heisenberg Breaking Bad podcast Uh, gaming talk this week we talked about uh, PlayStation Plus's video pass, which is look, which has been added in Poland. So if you're looking at the featured image and wondering why it's not in English, it's because it's in Polish, because uh, that's where that has come out so far. But we'll see how that does. Uh, we talked about Ratchet and Clank, not the state of play. We'll be talking about that on uh, Tuesday. But there was the two minutes uh, trailer that we got, and that was quite cool to see. And we also talked about the most awarded games of the year, which, which games have got the most awarded game of the year. Uh, awards so we talked about that and that was pretty fun uh, Fear the Walking Dead still continuing season 6 episode 10 is the newest one Dead podcast talking about why I love zombies and post apocalyptic stories such as Walk- the Walking Dead universe and various other ones what I like to see from those types of shows or pieces of media uh, breaking it down into different categories there's no spoilers in that for anything so you can check that out uh, last week we reviewed uh, the newest outing from the MCU which was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, so that was cool to do. That was with me, Robert, and David. And uh, that's yeah, pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let me just find this cast list again. Uh, but it, while I do that, um, I suppose we've got to talk about the end of that first episode. Because we're going to get into spoilers now. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the show, you're going to want to click off the podcast. Now, I did already warn you. Um, yeah, what do you think of the end of that first episode? <laughs> I do wonder if that's how he sold it to the Walking Dead cast, because obviously the Walking, most of the Walking Dead people, uh, or a lot of the Walking Dead people, are, are still involved um, in the show. You know, a number of them are, are ex-cast members, but I do wonder if he sold it to them as like, "Do you want to come and do this little gig? You won't need to be around for very long." Because mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that opening episode, um, you know, obviously ends with Omni-Man killing the entire Guardians of the Globe. And, um, I, I mean, it's great sort of voice cast. And, you know, when they announced it, you're like, oh, wow, it's got 
and they're gone. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it was it was like really um, really interesting how they do that, and it's a wonderful shocking end to that first episode. If you've not got, if you've gone into it not really knowing anything, uh, I mean, I knew a little bit about sort of Omni Man not seeing seeming who he's seems to be, but you assume it's going to be a little bit more subtle than that of sort of you know they my, my not knowing the story my sort of envisaging it at the start was okay so omniman's going to turn out to be the bad guy and it all sort of get teased throughout the entire series and then there'll be a big reveal at the end and it's like no the end of that first episode you you see you don't get to know why but you do see him take out the entire guardians and you're like what the hell is happening you know we've just been introduced to this whole new superhero team and suddenly they've all been killed and you're like okay this is interesting so i thought i mean that's a really intriguing direction to take it in i think yeah it was it, it was quite a big shock i mean he he gets there and because they, they had all their um like alarms go off or whatever and they, they met at that sort of hq place and the, the one 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 thing i was thinking that kind of quickly got sort of erased if you will is usually in a justice league type group like this which they kind of were you know you had your batman type you had yeah. your flash type wonder woman type and I kept thinking, like, okay, usually in these scenarios, you know, sometimes with, like, Justice League stories, if the Flash can get away and, like, run fast enough, he can reverse all this. And then he ends up getting, I think he's the first or the second one that gets killed. And yeah. um, he's grabbing his head and squeezing it and squeezing it. And I was like, oh, wait, his head is, like, you know, making crunching noises. Yes. And then he, he suddenly got, like... Because there's, you know, characters in this show do get injured a lot. I mean, just look at uh, Mark himself, Invincible. He gets punched around a yeah. whole bunch in this show. Uh, does almost die, like, you know, twice or whatever. But um, I remember just thinking, like, okay, that's, no, you can't really get your head crushed and sort of come back uh, like that. And then just proceeds to just take all of them out one by one. But I was thinking, like, mm. oh, are they going to keep, like, one of these around or, or two of these or, like one of them to kind of, uh, I, I don't know, do something. Um, but it, it did show really early on that just how incredibly powerful Omni-Man is, which we get to obviously see throughout uh, throughout the season. Um, I, I, yeah, I was just, I was pretty shocked by that because I quite liked, see, that's probably, see, this is another thing that Copeman likes to do is, um, and he does it arguably a lot more in the books than the, ch than the show. And again, he kind of lost control somewhat on, on the show and mm. actually sued the network but um you know he, he likes to sort of get characters like this sometimes and just be like i'm just gonna kill off a bunch of these characters or like yeah. a, a few of these characters uh i mean he did that sometimes in his own um letters thing he he, he would he would he would sometimes say like hey in 50 issues i'm gonna kill this character off and you couldn't tell if he was joking or not and then <laughs> um like you'd get to maybe they died before that issue maybe they wouldn't die and then they die after that issue he i i do quite like his method of doing that though he just makes you just kind of like stakes wise unsure of who's actually gonna be safe and i i was kind of throughout the whole ep eight episode run i did always think no matter what happens to everyone invincible's probably fine because you know he is the, the title character and everything so yeah. e even if like um debbie which is his mum 
or if Omni-Man somehow died or whatever, I always did kind of think, okay, the one character that's probably going to survive this was going to be Invincible, which uh, he did almost die twice, didn't he? But yeah. um, Kirkman just likes to do... He, he just likes to do these kind of things, where he's just like, hey, this this character that you'll, you'll like, yeah, I'm just going to kill him. <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, that was the other thing with casting the Walking Dead people in those roles as well, is like, oh, it's Kirkman and, the, you know, a bunch of the old Walking Dead cast, because it's like uh, Lauren Cohen, Sonequa Martin-Green, Chad Colesman... Uh, yeah, Michael Cudlitz, Jenny James, Ross McQuand, and and do you think, oh, you know, he's got these guys back together to do this, and so it just even the casting, it's it it's a trope that they do use in TV shows, like uh, Big Sky used it fairly recently as well, where you cast a big name actor in one of the roles, and then they don't stay around for anywhere near as long as you will do you know mm-hmm. um so i i i think um it, it's a it is a trope that you've seen used in other things before but i it's quite clever and uh it does make it very unexpected particularly with this you know where you're you're introduced because you you would assume if this was just a normal story that you know invincible gets his powers ends up having to sort of you know somebody maybe on the on the uh, guardians of the globe dies and he ends up going in and replacing them or something yeah you know, you'd assume it was that sort of story um and but no omniman turns up at the end of that first episode and just murders everybody <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it did take me massively by surprise because just throughout the whole fight, I kept thinking, okay, he's, cl- he's clearly yeah. massively strong. Is he actually going to kill off every single one of these people? And then kept thinking, like, okay, is there going to be you know it's a superhero thing, so there's lots of possibilities. But uh, is there going to be some way to like bring one of these people back? Which w- w- was it, the Guardian guy at the end? Uh, the Immortal, uh, it's immortal the Immortal. One? Yeah, he came back for like 10 minutes and uh, got quite literally gut punched and, and ripped apart, which was uh, yeah. pretty crazy. So, Although, uh, although we, do see, we do see them trying to put him back together again. again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Ross McQuand voicing. Uh, Ross McQuand, actually, it's just, just on the casting, um, I, I think voices like three three or four different characters in the show. Mm. Yeah. Just, just u- using his vocal talents. Ross McQuand, if you don't know, uh, he's uh, he's Ar- uh, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. He plays on The Walking Dead. Incredible, incredible mimic. Um, just really stunningly good at voices. If you've ever seen, there's some clips of him doing, you know, running through like you know three minutes of him running through twenty different voices on YouTube, and uh, it's very, very funny. He's so good at it, and uh, they've definitely been using his talents on this because uh, he voices. Um, uh, various different characters across this. He voices uh, the the immortal. He also voices Aquarius, which is the sort of Aquaman thing. Although he's half fish, isn't he? In this, so. mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, that, that that just took me by surprise. You know, we thought we were going to get this Justice League esque sort of show with uh, this mysterious Omni Man, and then they all die. So, yes, interesting. Um, what other big set piece? Because I want to kind of talk about some of the set pieces as well. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of them to talk about. You've got um, the thing in... Let's talk about the one in episode 7 as well. They fight that big whatever it was supposed to... I don't remember them giving it a name. This big kind of thing that was trying to kill or, or set to kill Omni-Man. Because at that point, it, he was sort of, you know, too far gone. And they, they'd been trying to work out for so long. 
um, you know, if he did murder the, the Guardians of, of... Was it the Guardians of the Globe? Is that their name? Guardians of the Globe, yes. Glo- globe, yeah. Not Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the Marvel yeah. one. Um, it, trying to figure out if he'd done that and then realising, like, you know, how powerful he is and stuff. And that that was a pretty crazy episode as well. That was the one where uh, the other guy came back and then got killed after about 10 minutes. Um, what did you think of that massive set piece? Uh, yeah, I, that that was kind of interesting. Um this is the interesting thing with um, Cecil, the uh, Walter Goggins's character, the, who's the the director of the Global Defense Agency, is he clearly all the way through, even before he kind of announces it to the audience, he has the suspicion that Omni Man had something to do with the deaths of of the uh, Guardians of the Globe, but it's never. It takes a while for them to out and out sort of say it on screen, but mm-hmm. you can you get points throughout that where you know it becomes obvious that they're tracking him, and when they certain creatures come up, he's like, "Oh, that could be useful," and uh, he he starts collecting things. I think it was called the Kaiju, the um, the big tentacle monstery thing that you know nearly takes out Omni Man. Um, what was it? One or two episodes before and. He uh, and Cecil basically takes it and, and stores it away somewhere just in case they need it later on, which, you know, I, I, I like Cecil as a character. He's extremely interesting. He's kind of somewhat Machiavellian and, uh, you know, he's he's well, he's the type of guy, guy that will do whatever it takes to make sure that they win. Um, so he's not he's very much in the kind of gray area. You know, he's not. He's on the side of good, but he's sort of chaotic good, you know. Mm, definitely. I, I did like as well how this is another kind of... I mean, we've, we had a few of these in the last couple of years. We had that film called Brightburn, which was about this young boy with Superman-esque powers that kind of turned a bit evil. You've, have, you've got, obviously, Homelander in uh, The Boys, which we kind of talked about earlier. Um, he's kind of like, you know, an evil Superman-esque sort of character. Um because yeah in terms of the answer to the question of what what do you do if you've got a superman-esque type of person and they go evil uh and according to this show you can't do very much at all which is kind of the realistic answer i mean you know you can fire all sorts of missiles and you know all, all sorts of things at him um and uh he's just, he's just so incredibly powerful and i i like to, to, to that was quite interesting to see throughout the season how he you know they throw thing after thing after thing at him and he he just kind of kept going he did like he did actually bleed at certain points which i thought was interesting to show like okay he's not completely you know uh indestructible um because as has been said before in you know stories and things if something bleeds you you can kill it yeah Uh, there's even that line in i think it's was it batman vs superman where batman said "Hey, hey do you bleed or whatever yeah so uh what did you think of this kind of version of that in terms of omni man yeah i mean that's a it's an interesting comparison with you know omni man uh portrayed as a hero really a villain and then you've got homelander who is portrayed as a hero but he's really a villain uh what's interesting in the, those two different characters is with homelander he's clearly a very mentally disturbed individual and um yeah he, yes he's evil but there isn't 
a, an exact motivation for it you know he's not like a secret nazi or he's not like you know there there isn't a there isn't a particular reason for him being like that other than he wasn't loved as a child essentially i mean that's basically he's you know he's he's been screwed up and, and wasn't brought up correctly and that's why he's the way he is with omni-man uh it's interesting because you get the reveal in the final episode of why he's actually there and you know he was these these uh viltramites live for thousands of thousands of years so they basically see all other species as intra uh, you know as sort of um insects and he even mentions the fact that you know his wife he sees more as a pet than something that yes he loves her but he sees her more as a pet i think that's the line he is yeah and so uh, it, it's a it's an interesting character from that perspective because there is a purpose to him being there. You know, he's he's there to soften up the planet for invasion, um, and uh, but he happens to have had this relationship with this woman, and he now has the kid, and he does love the kid, and the kid is part Viltronite. So, um, it, you know, there is a there, although. On the surface, those two characters do seem quite similar. There are very, very different motivations for both of them, and and uh, you know it's a bit like the sort of Thanos thing of, of Thanos was never kind of well was yes he was evil in the way that he dealt with things, but from his perspective he was doing what he thought was the right thing, and it's sort of the same with Omni Man. You know, from his perspective he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas Homelander's kind of a lunatic, you know. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and just sort of wants like power for himself and that kind of yeah. thing. So uh, yeah, it was it was cool to see another story like that from uh, that sort of perspective because that that is that that on its own, what do you do if Superman turns bad? Is an inter- interesting story in yeah. of itself, and it turns out you can't do very much because um, mm. one one of the other interesting parts to that is. Even if you throw, you know, a whole group of superheroes at him, the Guardians, uh, they'll all get wiped out. Uh, except that was one thing I was thinking of in the in the actual season finale when the the I suppose the new Guardians, um, when they were sort of watching what was happening on screen, and you're kind of thinking, well, if if they go and like fly off or whatever to where Omni Man is fighting uh, his son, they'll probably all just get killed as well because yeah. that you know Omni Man will probably just rip them to part. So absolutely. Yeah, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Obviously, we find out kind of at uh, the end of the season that uh, Omni Man's just kind of flown off to somewhere for for a bit, and uh, we'll probably see him come back at some point and see what happens with that. But um, irredeemable character, I think it's fair to say. You know, he's killed loads and loads of people in that last episode, um, and yeah. uh, it it was it was cool to see that turn by the end of the season and see that all kind of you know round itself off, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, speaking of violent scenes, what do you think was maybe some of the most violent ones? I think I think that train, that bit with the train in episode yeah. eight, really, really stands out. Yeah, Especially... I mean that 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 last episode was just brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, within um, like, just crushing people and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean him him just not having uh, Omni Man not having any care for the human population at all you know i mean you really whereas up until that point he did seem to have been kind of saving people 
generally, although we'd seen kind of him stand back at points as well. Um, the that that last episode really showed how little regard he had for any form of human life, you know, and he just he sees them like insects. He sees them like, you know, these people aren't important. Mm. And in in his way of trying to show Mark that is is to sort of almost force Mark to be part of the murder of thousands and thousands of people, you know, and I mean even there's the point where he throws him through a building and says that was your fault. You, that's because you resisted. This is entirely on you, and you know, refuses to take any blame for it. And, but yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the I think probably the most bu- brutal scene in the entire show is the bit where he pushes him through the train, and you just body parts flying everywhere, and and just you know a, a sea of blood. And I mean that 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 is a, a just a brutal, brutal scene. Mm. It was kind of the the me- the mechanic of that scene that was used. Mm. It was because you've got two superhumans or whatever you want to call them, aliens, basically. That this train isn't going to be able to stop any like part of their body. So if you literally just like stand, which was what was used, you know, on the man holding invincible in front of it, and it just kind of like you've got two objects that or two people that aren't going to be moved at all and the train going at you know pretty much full speed or whatever isn't going to be able to handle that you even see as they're going through like a few train carts the back part of the like the train can't handle it and it just sort of like starts taking off and that yeah um but it, it was when they like cut the camera to the inside of the train and you could yeah you could just just the way it was just kind of yeah, I don't know. It's it crazy. I mean, yeah, the the animation in in that section. I mean, they must have had endless just they must fun have taken a lot. animating yeah. that. It must have taken a lot. Yeah, uh, um, but it's such. It's it not only is it a fair a, a brutal act. It's I mean, psychologically for uh, Invincible. It, that's I mean because he holds his head forward yeah. and literally pushes him through a bunch of people, so forcing him to murder people essentially just by standing there, and there is nothing he could do about it. It's it's an unbelievably brutal piece of uh, you know just just act that Omni Man does to it to his own son. I mean, it's you know the the one thing to be kind of you know a one on one fist fight you know which we get after this, but the 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 sort of trauma that you're causing by basically forcing Invincible to be part of murdering thousands and thousands of people it, it's it's really unbelievably brutal and like psychologically incredibly disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's it's, it's one of those things that you look at and it's i mean yeah it's a really really twisted thing that uh that he does in that and i i think that probably makes it the most brutal scene out of just the entire thing it was a spectacular way to you know close that episode really um just you know as, as a set piece i just thought that was really phenomenal Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But um, you know, it was all part of Omni Man's idea of basically, you know, if these peasants essentially can't hold their own, I suppose, then they're not—they're like not good enough for the cause that he 
is fighting for which he thinks is a good cause because they kind of explain some of it as well in like a little flashback of uh the way that his people um kind of took each other out or took the weaker ones out because then you see yeah. obviously that that pile of bodies so I, I thought that was a good way to sort of explain all that as well because the one kind of question that was hanging over i suppose the whole season was uh you know okay was he because i i did think at certain points you know because obviously the show was trying to get me to, to guess what was going on was he brainwashed or manipulated or something like that because when you see that scene of him killing the guardians you think like okay it doesn't quite feel you know normal it, it, it seems yeah almost almost sort of robotic the way he's doing it but it, it wasn't so um that that was that was quite interesting as well but uh, but then them kind of like slowly revealing bits and pieces of it and see, you see all sort, sort of hints of what that character was doing. Um, I thought that was a really great way to, to, to do that kind of story. So, because you also had, um, what is his name gone? Clancy, is it Clancy Brown? Let me just scroll down. Yeah. The, the one who was playing the sort of Hellboy detective almost. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of character. I really like that character. I was ashamed when they got rid of that character. It yeah, was really it, good. Because they kind of, was it, they banished him to hell or something? Yeah, because he was a demon, and uh, you know he was he was basically um, Damien Darkblood. His name. He he yes. he'd escaped hell to as a way of sort of trying to seek justice for others, as a way of trying to save him his soul. Um, and uh, yeah, ends up sort of getting banished back to hell by um, uh, by Cecil, um, who's trying to sort of at that point still cover up the fact that they because yeah. they don't know exactly what's yeah. going on with omni-man so they're trying to sort of cover up the fact that omni-man may actually be evil mm-hmm. that was the guy that got blown up in that house didn't he in episode um, six or seven i think no that was uh wasn't that cecil cecil's the uh the the direct cecil's the director the the who's got this slightly the sort of weird scar thing on his face he's the that's the the director of the uh of the global defense agency the guy you're thinking of is i think donald who's the sort of underling um who's oh, yeah, the yeah, one that yeah, got blown yeah. up in the house yeah yeah because you're talking about the guy that like appeared now and again and he had that yeah that thing on his face and uh he, he kind of knew a bit of what was going on now i think the guy that i was thinking of was the the one that had the glasses on and yeah, there was that there, there was that scene where it was like oh, I was a pleasure serving with you, and he I think he stuck his gun through his chest or something, and yeah. uh, then the house got blown up. So, uh, but that was all. I I quite liked how that played out. That was quite cool. So, uh, what other character should we? There was one other character I wanted to talk about as well. Um, the the robot character. Yes. Uh, voiced by Zachary Quinto. Um, I want to go back to something related to him. I want to go back to something I was talking about in the spoiler-free section when I said about uh, you know those two uh, the blue brothers. Yes. Um, that were in the show. What what I remember what I said earlier was um, you know when they were doing that cloning thing and they mm-hmm. got the um, that uh, case or, or whatever that that sort of um, shuttle thing. Yeah. And they were like slowly growing this thing over several episodes. That's what I meant by that in terms of you know you knew kind of what they were doing because I was talking directly about doing, but you didn't need to see them necessarily like stand around and chat while they're waiting no. for it or whatever. So you kind of you got bits and pieces of that in terms of like the the next sort of stages 
and then you saw uh you know that he's, he's just called robot so um you saw him kind of visiting them and and that kind of stuff which i thought was uh very interesting as well so um but i, I thought they managed like the the screen time well in in those sorts of scenes and then they kind of like sh- showed what they were going to do next and then cut back to like a main character or something mm. so uh that was another kind of brutal scene with um because one of them, you know, one of them's a clone and one of them's the original, or whatever. And he kind of throws his brother at that machine gun, and yeah. then he just sort of runs off when they get out of the prison. So, lots of uh, lots of betrayals in this season as well. Yeah, I, I, what I kind of like about the uh, they're the Mauler twins they're they're referred to. And what I rather like about that is the fact that you know when they clone the body, they they've set it up so neither of them, you know, nobody knows which ones the uh uh-huh. the clone and which one's the um the original but of course i mean at this point if they've done this multiple times they're essentially they're all clones of whoever happened to be the original body presumably because you know we don't know which one was the clone which one is the original the chances are that at one point one of the died and the clone carried on and so you, you know they're essentially they're all clones but um yeah, I mean, I, I rather like that sort of element of you got the bickering backwards and forwards about who was the original and who wasn't. Uh, that was that was quite cool. And then using them, because uh, th- that's the other thing with Robot, is you, you do kind of look and think, okay, is he evil? Is he not evil? Because you can't quite figure out exactly what he's doing, and then it becomes apparent, because he releases the Maulers, and it turns out that the reason he's done that is because he wants to grow a new body, because he isn't actually a robot. He's um controlling these uh drone things and he's actually this disfigured shape that's in this kind of liquid pod thing um interestingly again uh i because you know he eventually gets the maulers to grow him this new body and uh he's actually a kid called he, he the body that he grows is a kid called rudy because he wants to be the same age as monster girl because he has this connection to monster girl uh i did wonder whether that was zachary quinto still doing the voice of rudy no it's ross mcquand doing zachary quinto because <laughs> <laughs> I, I i it sounded like a kind of lighter version of, yeah, uh, of zach yeah. quinto's voice so i thought it was zach quinto but apparently it wasn't it was ross mcquand uh doing a kind of version of zach quinto's voice at that point so uh zach quinto was only doing the robot voice itself mm-hmm. yeah Z- zachary's listed i was gonna say i've forgotten um is there anything else uh in the spoiler section you want to talk about um the other character that we haven't actually mentioned is the one that kind of pops up at a couple of points, uh, r- particularly right at the end, which is Alan the alien, the um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Seth, um, Seth, Seth Rogan's doing the voice of that, who's a member of this coalition of planets, which looks like it's going to be a bigger part moving forward because, you know, they have this conversation at the end about, you know, he, he, he turns up and basically says you've got a viltrumite on your planet and he's like yeah kind of know that now <laughs> mm. uh, and, and uh, turns out that there is this coalition that's trying to resist the viltrumites but of course i mean an entire planet basically filled of omnimen um that that's something that's quite hard to stand up against so uh I'm sort of interested to see where they go with that and uh, moving forward. But I, I do think Seth's a great choice for that character because he's kind of so chilled. And, you know, when we first meet him, he's he's um, 
I, I like the mistaken thing of like he's read the wrong paperwork when he first turns off and he's not supposed to be on Earth. He's supposed to be somewhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really like that character. I hope we see more of him moving forward. Yeah. I suppose the big question then going forward is because you've still, they've still not quite answered. And I suppose, you know, we're only one season in the question of, okay, how do we stop Omni-Man? Like what the, what the hell do you mm. do? Like you, you, you can make him bleed at certain points, but you've got to hit him just so many times uh for that to happen um so i i i wonder if that's gonna does that arc last quite some time in in the comic books or um like would that be the end of the third would that be prose or or a season finale Um, at some point it doesn't seem to be i mean i obviously like i say i bought the first five books earlier today um there are some compendiums as well which i've actually avoided buying the compendiums because they tend to be if you've ever tried to read the walking dead compendiums they're like really unwieldy to read through because they're they're like three inches thick um so i i but the compendiums um are split into sections the big compendiums and, and one of them does talk about and you know based on the title i can assume there is an upcoming war with the viltrumites so uh i don't know when they get to that when they'll get to that in the tv series whether that will be what they do for the next season and then there's something else after that but it doesn't seem like that is the finale of the whole run so presumably they're dealing with that um next season that certainly seems to be where they're setting it up for unless it sort of ends up with the next season being a sort of prep for that and then the third season being the run mm. uh being the the viltrumite war but um they're obviously heading towards that and uh i mean they are trying to make plans i mean you know we saw uh the that that like uh little montage sequence at the end which showed a bunch of the villains kind of coming back in various different forms and yeah. uh, one of the things that we saw was uh cecil having da sinclair reproduce produce those uh the reanimen which are the 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 sort of uh robot monster things made out of uh, dead soldiers we saw him kind of creating an army of those because of trying to take down omni-man but um yeah, so I'm I, I'm sort of uh, that obviously if you've got like a, an entire army of Viltrumites coming towards you, that's not going to help because it, it took like, you know, they set like five or six of them on Omni-Man and it barely made a dent. So yeah. I, I do yeah. wonder, I do wonder where, I mean, you know, it's going to obviously it's going to rely on Mark to a certain extent. It's going to rely on uh, Invincible. But after that, I really don't know because um, he's he's got the same powers as his dad doesn't he but they're not as strong so. well yeah and i mean i i think but i think potentially some of that will be training and i mean that was the other thing of course i mean, I mean he's only like what seven is it 17 or something or 19 yeah he's only he's only 17 there is a line that omni man says something about you know their dna gets stronger or something when as they get older or it, it you know it it is yeah, so yeah. they actually get more powerful as they get older so there is an age thing there so there is that um and there is and of course you know he's much more experienced than um uh, omni much more experienced than invincible so there's that as well um i mean presumably they will be some the this coalition of planets that alan was talking about will come into it and 
hopefully there will be something in that. Uh, presumably that will be they maybe make use the earth as a last stand or something but um yeah i i really not sure where it's going and i rather like that there isn't like an obvious path out of this um yeah yeah. yeah. i i mean that's what's been nice about this whole series is that they you know as you say the big question of what do you do when superman goes bad and you know the answer is pretty much not a lot and i mean the only reason that they're still alive at this point is because of the fact that the only person that could stop him was potentially his son and um omni man does have some feelings for his son and the fact that he abandoned his post essentially which is something the Viltramite never does um could mark this turning point and i'm i, I can't quite tell where that's gonna play out will it Will Omni-Man, um, presumably Omni-Man will come back, but would he come back and actually side with Earth? Or will he come back and and be bringing the army with him? Uh, it's very difficult to tell at this point. Hmm. So, Yeah. One last question. There's just kind of a fun question I want to throw in. Um, if you took Henry Cavill's Superman, Homelander and Omni-Man, who do you think wins that fight? Because they're all very, they're all very, very powerful. Ah, so, uh, and you, you got, th- you got to think about the, I suppose the the black suit version of Superman when he comes back in in Snyder Cut. That's yeah, quite, that's quite a powerful version of him. So, I, I, I think, um, I think Homelander dies first. Really? Uh, yeah, no, because I, I think Homelander, Homelander doesn't have tactics he lashes out right. so i think out of the three of them i i rather suspect that if you put the three of them in a room i think homelander is is the one that goes first i think superman probably goes second and i think omni man's the winner just because um i i think that uh Omni-Man is, is kind of older, I suspect, could potentially be more powerful. Um, mm. You know, they've they've set him up as being this, you know, yeah, I mean, Superman is, is incredibly powerful, but, uh, you know, we've seen in the comic books, can die, definitely. Uh, we don't know about Omni-Man in that respect. Um, and also, I mean he does have a weakness in kryptonite and i mean a straight up fist fight don't know but uh i you know if you're omni man that's super bad surely if if you're struggling i mean i think that would be a close fight between the two of them but i i think omni man will probably come out on top mm-hmm. do you think there's TV show of the boys has really shown because we know we we've seen bits and pieces of him at like his somewhat most powerful, but I don't think we've quite seen it unleashed in the same way that we've seen Omni Man and uh, and Superman. I, I I do think Omni Man probably wins as well. Um, I mean it'd be that would be a hell of an episode. So if yeah. it happens, um, Amazon would have to get Warner Brothers on the phone, uh, see if they could do that, but. Uh, I just think that would be that would be a, 
that would be quite good. So, but no, I, I, I do think, yeah, I think Omni-Man's maybe the strongest, but I don't know about the other two, which one of them would, would kind of go first. I, I get what you mean about the tactics kind of thing, because if you think mm. about the way the three of them fight, Homelander is just sort of like, okay, I'm just going to, like, fly myself into this room and just blast it with, you know, his uh, laser beam things. Mm. So, um, Omni-Man, does Omni-Man have, doesn't have those, does he? Superman and... Homelander do, don't they? Uh, yeah, no, we don't. Don't think Omni Man does. Um, don't remember him seeing yeah, him use them. No, so. I don't. I don't think he does. He just but, likes to gut punch people. Um, with, there's no guarantee that 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 sort of heat vision would actually have any effect on Omni Man anyway. Uh, in terms yeah. of if it's used against him, I mean, it's very difficult to know. So, uh, and. I think, you know, the, just the fact that Omni-Man is older, he's more experienced, he's a military person, whereas Superman isn't, um, I suspect that Omni-Man, with that sort of training, is more likely to be the one to take them down. I mean, you know, we saw him take down Guardians of the Globe and the, you know, the Immortal, which is their sort of version of, his, well, he was kind of a mix of Superman and Vandal Savage, but, you know, essentially was, was the closest thing they had to a Superman in that group, and he took him out, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think uh, instead of using the laser beams, Omni-Man likes to just go for the gut punch. Yes. Because so, we saw him do that quite a few times. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, that's what we got for this uh, first season review for uh, for Invincible on Amazon Prime. Uh, we'll be back, I suppose, in some sort of similar way for season two. Obviously, it's way too early to, to decide how that's exactly going to be yet. Um, it's just the fact that a lot of these streamers keep releasing content on Fridays. <laughs> and it can be a bit awkward. Uh, yeah. uh, Apple does it. Amazon does it. Disney does it. So, so, so I mean, it's to tell them there's six other days in the week. But um, Yes. Anyway, so... Um, we'll be back uh, for season two I suspect whenever that happens uh, but in the meantime let us know what you think what did you think of Invincible what do you, who do you think will win the fight between those three uh, Superman, Superman type of characters uh, so let us know uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org Twitter e- Twitter UK. there's a contact page and information in the show notes so get involved let us know what you think uh, great season of TV um, and we're looking forward to the second season as well so We'll see when that comes out. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast. There's the game tomorrow against Liverpool, and then the game on Thursday against Roma. I'm not sure who we've got next weekend, but I'll find that out later. So, uh, so check out all of that. Uh, if you would like to support Entertainment Talk and the podcast, you can either just listen to one of our other episodes on entertainmenttalk.org or search for us on podcast platforms. Uh, you can also use word of mouth and social media. Just tell people that you know where the content is and uh, how to listen to it and that kind of or where it is available to listen to and to tell them to do that as well uh facebook twitter facebook groups or just general word of mouth really helps us out patreon as well one dollar three dollar level tiers for ad free podcast review options so please consider doing that uh david you can find him over on geek town geektown.co.uk and geek town radio those episodes release on tuesdays but you can get your general tv and film news throughout the week on geektown.co.uk so keep your eyes out on that any other casting news for invincible or other shows as well so uh, look out for that as well uh beck streams daily pretty much over on twitch uh trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s uh doing a lot of cool fun work over there and sometimes charity work as well so go and uh give her a follow over on twitch trista bytes trista b 
B-Y-T-E-S. You can also follow me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK, uh, for those different games that I play and stuff. Uh, if you miss the archive streams, which I do need to put some of them on YouTube, uh, you can go and find those later on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays as well. So please consider checking that out. Uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.